0: good morning everybody it's the morning of stage 12 um, you can hear the motorway perhaps in the background um, and mercifully you can't hear the patter of raindrops as the rain has eased a little bit it's been raining all morning still quite early in the morning I was going to record some some travel news but um, not going to today uh, because the actual news is pretty is pretty bleak in Italy at the moment I hadn't appreciated because I was so wrapped up in the race bubble yesterday the what have been going on? Not far from here, and just a few days ago, we were we were in Emilia Romagna, where the heavy rainfall has caused serious flooding and loss of life. In Bologna, in Cesano, where the time trial was, just as recently as Sunday, that wet time trial. Uh Well, search for yourselves the if you if you want to the the, the scenes of devastation there, as uh, the whole town has been flooded. By and large and bridges have been washed away it's uh, it's extraordinary and the weather forecast is not good for the remainder of the week although it could be getting warmer so i'm going to swerve the travel news today um but let me just paint a picture apparently i've stayed in this hotel before according to massey although i have no recollection of it whatsoever apparently it was after commentating on one Edition of the uh, of Milano-Torino that finished in the amazing hunting lodge of Stupinigi, just to the west of Turin. Um, we are in just on the outskirts of Rivoli, and I've got a thing or two to say about Rivoli coming up, uh, just to the west of Turin, at a, uh, a, a, a a huge hotel just off the motorway, not particularly picturesque, but in the distance, as these clouds have lifted ever so slightly, I can see the Alps, not that far away, could almost reach out and touch them. And the thick, thick snow that is still on the, on the top of them. And that's where we're heading this evening at the, end of, at the end of today's race. So, without the travel news and without any further to do, let's get the pod going. <laughs> 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 it's, it is it's like
1: been in an episode of Some Mothers Do Have Them it's, look, even this bit I mean, you should have seen I bet there's probably CCTV footage basically, me and Ned, there's lots of stuff to talk about that happened before that, but we basically it's a miserable day again at the Giro, it's a heavy drizzle grim, none of us have sported well, I say none of us, I mean both of them two us here, but um, couldn't find the car um, and end up in a state of panic i left ned with the with the suitcases and i went off jogging with my rucksack uh, to pretty much a kilometer did a whole lap of the hotel and we we parked it in an
0: identical car park the other side of the hotel, almost a mirror image, isn't it? It's like being in another dimension that we didn't know existed. <laughs> we had to push through sort of the time space fabric to get there. Yeah, we, we did. I went, I basically came round and I honestly thought, Ned, I was looking in the mirror because it was exactly
1: the same as where it'd come from. It's so weird. And we got in the car and then we set the sat nav up and then oh, then it, it became untangled because Ned had put his seatbelt over the cable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's a, it's a day for a. Terry Scott deck chair, isn't it? That's what it is. It That's is. What's, what's yeah.
1: today. Actually, this last twelve hours has felt like just one long. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, one long. Well, long we got. To, I got to the
0: hotel last night, checked in eventually, because we got in just behind in a queue behind uh, to check in and get our room keys behind um, the young lads and lasses who do the the dancing at the finish yeah. line, and there's yeah. lots of them. <laughs> and then we. um so I got my room key, and I had I had to do all the podcast editing and uploading before dinner. So I was kind of I got podxiety. Podxiety, you did, didn't you? I got slight. I got podxiety. Basically, there was so much podxiety that Ned checked in, and then
1: disappeared. Well, disappeared twenty feet away. Got himself a beer, and was podding with his suitcase and with his coat on. Pod editing. And pod yes. editing. So you just—that's how dedicated you are to this pod bit. And I, I must admit. It's equally as impre- impressive as worrying.
0: You, your dedication to the pod is impressive, but, I've, but once you got it done... It, well, it then, well, yeah, I got it done, got it uploaded, and I thought well, I could go to my room, dump my bags. And um, then I wanted to go straight to dinner, and that was a whole other story. Dinner was funny last night. but oh. um, So I took my room key, and it's there's a particular type of plastic magnetic key in Italian hotels that we've had a few times where the, the panel, the interface that you hold it against, is quite different, we've had a few haven't we where you hold it and there's like a click and a pause and a double click and then the Door makes a noise and it's sometimes you have to hold it for quite a long time before the door actually unlocks Not on this occasion. So on this occasion the room keys apparently went the first click was like I'm open But then if you wait for more than a second the second click is that you missed your chance I think it's I think it's three-quarters of a second Ned. Uh, It's almost click click. There's
1: almost two you almost have to Hold it against interface, hear the click, and then immediately. So this is it. I didn't realise that, click. so I was yeah. waiting
0: for the second click to really unlock the door, erroneously. Mm-hmm. And of course, I, d- I do it four times. And I'm going, inf- I'm maddened at this point because I've got all my bags with me. I'm on the second floor. There was a queue for the f- lift. I thought oh, it's one of those where I'm going to have to go down to the reception again. Sorry, mate, your car's not, you know, like ah, uh, modern life sort of thing. But then, um, the guy who does the DJ at the finish line, who does all the um, made in Italy da 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 and all that stuff for hours and hours and hours. I don't know his name. No. It, but it was his 52nd birthday yesterday. Of course it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He, he, comes up, he comes up the corridor, and he sees that I'm on the point of exploding with fury, and he comes to my rescue. And he goes, no, 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 Echo. Grabs my card, holds it against the interface, click, boom. And he's like, yeah. but in Ninja, he's like almost kicking the door open. Yeah. Italian it's, skills.
1: Yeah, it's something that, again... You're born uh, with. You're born with, and, and I, I kind of got that down paths. One, the one thing I did right yesterday, and it wasn't a lot of things, was somehow, almost innately... Got that right, but I can. But in the past, I've got it wrong on a to reception in other hotels where there's a similar, a similar functioning door, and and had to have assistance. Um, yeah, I've had, I've had assistance in the past. So yeah, you're not alone, Ned. And then.
0: I had dinner. spooky fingers, didn't I? Spooky, <laughs> spooky fingers. So, we, yeah, we walked into a big <laughs> communal area. a big, big hotel last night. Um, big communal area. Massey lip. was on his way out in a fury, wasn't he? I'm just looking for the PPO yeah, So Yeah, we're at Sorry. the PPO now, but we yeah, some, the PPO happens to be a roundabout. Yeah. So, we, we don't actually know how to get off the roundabout. We might, there might be a few revolutions here. Uh, PPO. Oh, we've got to go yeah, back to the way we came. Back come. the way we came. So, that's good. Oh, oh well, I'm it's. smoking sure. There we go. That's fine. Yeah, Arrival. Oh, And then left or right. Hold on. I believe I finished left. Yeah. Yep. Left. Yeah. Sorry, Ned. No, that's that's fine. So Massey was on his way out in a fury because he goes, oh, "I'm not eating here," and, and it's like because there are loads of kids apparently, but they, they just, anyway, it all got complicated and fraught and a bit late. Um, when we have these set piece dinners, you know, it's basically m- meals that have been paid for by the organisation that part of our deal, but you know everyone eats the same menu. There's a, but there's a choice, isn't there? There's always a choice, and it's normally uh, pesce o carne. Yep. So mare o terra. Um, and you quite often opt for the, the meat-based. You know, it's never a vegetarian option, never. But you quite often opt for oh, 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 go go safe and go for yeah, the meat. Go for terror. The choice for the second, the secondo, was between sausage, wasn't it? Yeah, well, the, that was the meat one. I'm trying to remember. What I ate last night uh, for my second. Yeah, polpo. yeah. It was a polpo patate. Is a it was actually okay. Um, and yeah, you went you went for the sausage, which is always a bit of a risk. Yeah. But it was. When it arrived, it was hilarious because it was a, it, how many sausages? Three? three? Three
1: sausages, I would say each one about six inches long, but not particularly thick, so thin of girth, but re- re- reasonably long, um, pale. Like they, a l- banger, basically. They were like a banger. They, they, they were basically borderline raw in my opinion. They were grey, they, they, were, they were grey, yeah. they were grey. Uh, but with it, some overcooked peas, it's yep. left... Yeah, just into the... Oh, up there, sorry, yeah, left, left and then then left, then left, left sorry. Right, yeah. Overcooked peas, so basically hot peas, hot, basically boiled sausage. Or steamed almost, steamed steamed, steamed. steamed banger. And then, and then lettuce,
0: cold lettuce, hot peas and a steamed banger. Yeah, it was, I think possibly, I think you could argue a cogent case to suggest that was the worst meal that's ever been prepared in Italy by anyone, and... Lots of meals have been prepared in Italy over yeah. a significant period of time. O- o- over thousands of years. Decades, yeah, a millennia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: so it was so, and I don't like laughing about food, because food's, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like wasting food, But I, so I did have, a, I ate a bit of the sausage and it was foul, but I scooped, I, scooped, I, I got some vinaigrette, stuck that on the peas, had that, didn't have the lettuce. But then it was so funny that you took a photo and sent it to your family. I took a photo, sent it to my son and my wife, and the uh, it was just—they were like, "What?" I can't even the expletives that we use, but what on earth? And um, and yeah,
0: it was just funny. I mean, we—I don't know how we can. Anthony Hopkins as um, uh, Dr. Hannibal Lecter got posted in the WhatsApp group. Doing his Chianti. And and who was it? Who was it that said that? What? What even? Technique was used. Yes, yeah, my daughter Susie. Yes, daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't even know what technique. That yeah, yeah. Um, it was what culinary technique is deployed to create that effect? Yeah. So just, we tickled Andrea, didn't it? Even the Italians found the funniest. He side. did.
1: He was properly like yeah. body laughing, wasn't yeah. he? Like, up and down, but yeah, it was. Uh, but but the pasta. But the first course I had pasta, and I, I did go um, um, uh, mare. I had the salmon, but it could be fresh
0: water. But uh, that was okay. But this second course was uh, just—it was, it was risable. Right, we are at Girolandia now. Uh, I can see the circus tents coming into view. We're in Rivoli. What atmosphere this building here as well? Um, <laughs> first thing, <laughs> it's yeah, slow, isn't it? <laughs> the oh, Giro. No. I don't want to be down on the Giro, but it's a That's really, a it's, it's bleak at the moment. I feel. I,
1: I feel for the riders. I mean, really? they are. They've got such. It's just. A, I know we're. We're laughing and moaning a bit, but it, it's just. If, it's hard for everybody, especially the riders. But this is. This is tough. This is properly tough. Right, uh, uh, I thought, Well, the TV of parking
0: here. Yeah, yeah, it could go there, could go there. TV compound's just up there, but... More, oh, yeah, okay. okay. Organizazione. I could pop it there, it's not going to be far. I'll just put it from yeah. the white one. Yeah, that's all right. Um, over there. uh, significantly, there's a nice cafe there's, here. Oh, cafe so we're going to go and Cabot. sit there. Oh, yes, let's sit there and have a coffee, yeah. shall we? I like this.
1: <laughs>
0: another quite noisy cafe, another couple of cappuccinos, another drizzly morning and another uh set of Highlighters being deployed as we do our, our prep in our various different ways and get ready for stage 12. Uh, news overnight that uh, Alessandro Covey won't be starting today. He's broken something, some sort of bone. Yeah, it's not a surprise. He was the rider who went down first on that uh, left-hand hairpin and brought Thomas down with him, who in turn, the domino effect um, all the way down to Theo who's, um who uh, revealed last night that he's fractured his hip. Um, he won't, I don't think, but right. Arguably, that's, that's a tough one to recover from in time for the Tour de France, so we'll have to see. A rider who we know isn't going to go to the Tour de France is Remco Evenepoel. Oh, is that confirmed now, Ned? I I'm not, uh, didn't see that bit of news. Oh, right. Paddy Lefebvre um, has, uh, has, has stated that they won't be taking Remco to the Tour de France.
1: Fair enough. That's um, a slight surprise. I guess we'll go to the Vuelta and defend that. I think focus on the world championships perhaps, but uh, he's still young, isn't he? So uh, the Tour de France will figure, I guess maybe it's a course that doesn't suit him and uh, the time needs to be right. I thought it would have been a good idea just to let him express himself, get out there. But maybe he's at the time now where he's that good. If he does go to a Grand Tour, he's there to win it. And I think there's no compromise. Okay, we take you to the Tour, we take you to win. Um, And so they're just going to wait another year or so, which step back away from it. It maybe does make sense.
0: I think I think both, position, both, both positions have merits, and you can it 's a totally understandable decision on the one hand, bit of a disappointment on the other. would have been nice to see him, but uh, there you go. understandable. Um, Rivoli is where the race finishes today. Bra is where the race starts, which is um, a beautiful place and home to the University of gastronomic sciences so i don 't know whether they would have had a view on the sausages that you. Failed to consume last night, but uh, yeah, it's a foodie country up here in Piemonte, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and, and that's what makes I think <laughs> that, that the meal last night even the more extraordinary. Although to counter that, um, I, we showed the picture of my food to our WhatsApp group at the Giro, and then Davide and, and Lisa ordered it and consumed the whole thing. No, yeah, seriously. Yeah. I, I'm still. I mean, I thought. I, well, I'm still fond of those guys, but. I, I, I thought I knew them, and clearly I just don't. Lisa said it's probably one of the worst meals I've ever seen. But she you ate it all. She ate it all. with I wouldn't say with relish or gusto, but, um, yeah, she looked okay. And I, I, It's like, you, you just
0: don't know people, mate, do you? Yeah. Uh, Rivoli is where the race finishes. I got into a bit of kind of mild interest and confusion about Rivoli because the word Rivoli, the name Rivoli, uh, is very familiar to me because just around the corner from where I live in south-east London is... The world-famous, except it's not really, but famous in South East London, Riverley Ballroom, um, which I was talking, telling you about last night, which is, um, well, Google it if you're, not, if you're interested. The Riverley Ballroom in Crofton Park in South East London. Um, uh, an original um, barrel vaulted, um, apparently, um, from, the 19, from the interwar years oh, yeah, ballroom. ballroom. In
1: Blackpool's barrel vaulted as well, isn't it? he has got a particular style that you were talking about with the stage and all the
0: tables either side. Yeah, almost well, like It's set up for one purpose, really, wasn't it? Yeah, ballroom. Um, and, and the Rivoli Ballroom is pretty much unchanged. And its original decor, well, not original, but its 1950s decor is still very much there. So it's lots of red and gold and, you know, chandeliers and all these sort of things. beautiful. And it's been used down the years multiple times for, I think, music videos especially, but also movies have been shot there um, uh, uh, off the top of my head. Remember? videos, I believe Madonna. I think, has, uh, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Madonna, uh, yeah. I've got a feeling Moulin Rouge was shot there. I don't. know, I know that uh, the Gallaghers, of, of, or Noel Gallagher, I think, have done some stuff there. Uh, What's it called? Um, uh, uh, no, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. I had a whole list of names. I've, anyway, why is it? You, you, you reeled him off last night. I so did, they're I they're did. It's gone, mate. It's gone. Sorry. It's gone. Sorry. It's gone. Yeah. I was confused as to why Why is it? Because you get lots of... The Rivoli Ballroom, and you get lots of Rivoli cinemas, don't you? It's quite a popular name for old-fashioned 1950s cinemas. Yeah, but did you find out why? Because that's the bit... That's where you were going to do a deep dive last night after dinner, wasn't it? It's really hard to find out why. I couldn't make the connection between the town of Rivoli, where we are, just to Turin, and why in the the Anglophone world, historically, down many decades, cinemas um, and uh, places of entertainment have been named the Rivoli. Um... And in the end, I had to ask ChatGBT. Sorry, I'm...
1: And what did ChatGBT...
0: Provided me with the answer within seconds. Because I couldn't, I couldn't make the connection by ordinary Googling. I had to, I had to use artificial intelligence. And, and so t- tell us. Um, so the Rivoli, the, the Rivoli... So think um, stage 21 of the Tour de France. Where does the race... Once you go under the tunnel and kick left before the Champs-Elysees, you go along the... Rue de Rivoli. Right, why is... The Rue de Rivoli, called the Rue de Rivoli. Ah, ah. Okay, right. That the Rue de Rivoli was built architecturally at the request and the behest of Napoleon to celebrate his famous victory in the north of Italy at the Battle of Rivoli. Okay, 1797, I think it was. Okay, that was when um, Napoleon was fighting against the forces of the Habsburg Empire, the Austrians, effectively for control of northern Italy, and he and he basically took northern Italy from them um, and held it and the Rivoli, uh, sorry the battle of Rivoli was a key battle however the battle wasn't here there are two Rivolis. this is, this the battle was in Rivoli Veronese which is in Veneto over the other side of uh, the Po of
1: Greece isn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah
0: in the Po Valley, right over the other side so that's just so that's a slight sort of like misapprehension so it's a different Rivoli okay it's still a Rivoli nonetheless it's, a Rivoli. it's the same word so um so yeah Napoleon ordered the de Rivoli to be built and um, Along the banks of the Rue de Rivoli, so you've got the Louvre there, you've got not far away, you've got the, the, what's called the Palais Royal, okay, so a lot of buildings that were dedicated to the arts and entertainment at around about that time. And that area became known as, um, effectively, the, 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 where Paris uh, celebrated arts and, the, and culture, okay? The Rivoli. Right. So that so, name... created and, so and used elsewhere as... Ballrooms yeah. and cinemas and all that stuff. Sort of That's brilliant. We both learned something. Yeah. It goes back to not this Rivoli, but the Battle of Rivoli in 1797 and why that was celebrated, Rue de Rivoli, and then boom, the buildings that grew up around there, and then extrapolated from there. So it's kind of like join the dots, and there you go. That's brilliant. Chat GPT, eh?
1: Yeah. Blimey. Um, there was a, uh, somebody online, I think it was an eminent uh, scientist, said that uh, he believes Chat GPT could spell the end of democracy. Saw that, and I didn't click on that. I didn't want to read any further. No, sorry to bring the, bring it down, but that's amazing. But also, it's it's really bogglingly amazing, isn't it? And a little bit, con- it's a bit concerning. Yeah. I love it, but I'm also like, ooh, okay. Can we just moderate this a bit?
0: Yeah. On the other side of tech incompetence, exactly. rather than tech competence, I tried to log in severally I know, several attempts to try and log into a couple of a, very very dormant and poorly used betting accounts that I have had occasionally with online. Bookmakers, um, because I thought today's a good day to have a punt at the Giro. I'm quite glad I didn't. I couldn't remember any of my passwords, because so, I, re- I, know, I know I'd lose. But here's a quandary, right? It's a Ben Healy day. And yet it isn't a Ben Healy day. For precisely the reason, the reason it isn't a Ben Healy day is because it's a Ben Healy day. It's too
1: obvious. It's, it's basically written large, isn't it, all over it. Um, and hence, before you couldn't log in, you did see that the odds
0: that Ben Healy's got nine to two? Nine to two. It's kind of hardly worth betting, really? Well, that's, but no, Hang on, it is... 92 would be exceptionally good if you suddenly switch your telly on with 80 kilometres to go and there's a group of nine riders up the road and one of them is Ben Healy. You'll be going, I'm, I've got 92 on Ben Healy, I might as well cash in. Yeah. But the point is, is Ben Healy going to be up the road? And that's, that's the difficulty, isn't it? I think
1: the terrain suggests that he will physically will be fine, because it's, it's a weird stage. It's not weird, it's just very hilly for the for opening 30k. Then we've got basically... In between the two sprints, it's completely flat. And then we've got the second cat climb at the end. Similar in part to the stage where he did get away on. But like a hard attritional start where some riders who won't want to get in the brake and are just resting up. GC guys will just be watching and waiting. So there'll be a group of riders, a cluster of riders trying to get away. But I think Ben Healy's that good. If I was a DS and a group went clear and Healy was there, I'd be thinking, well, we're not going to ride this. Let's just... Get get back and let it reform again. I think he might have a hard time getting away. And if he does get in a move, it's going to be super impressive. But all things being equal, and the way he's rested up in between his win and now, he's just sat last man, you know, just recuperating. I think he's so dangerous that might, you know, it's just it's like a spotlight on him. I think he's he might struggle to get in the move or be allowed
0: to get in the move. So got, I'm going to go for. We haven't made a prediction, have we at all? I'll pick a pick a name out of the hat. I'm going to go for Malcolm Bolimer. It's a good move, actually, because
1: it's, it's not really a sprint day. They won't be looking after Pedersen. Um, I'm going to go, finally, De Marchi. He's going to get in the move, and he's going to chip away with that 4K to go. And they're going to look around, swing across the road, shrug the shoulders, and he's going to win solo by about
0: 15 seconds. Like a reliable estate car. Well, the race is about to get underway. Matt and I are in position, ready to go. Um, but before uh, that... Uh, last night, I got another voicemail message from Charlie Quarterman, who was on the attack yesterday.
2: Uh, so, here after stage 11, that means half half the Giro is done now, but we're getting into uh, some strange, uh, vicious circles, as uh, as often does in, in cycling. Um, well, obviously, there's the vicious circle of when things go, go wrong, and... Uh, Continue to go in that direction, but for me, luckily, it's been the other way for for the time being. Um, getting a little bit of confidence and uh, and feeling better throughout the race. I even managed to put in a little, a little attack with uh, with three or four k to go today and uh, stay out for a little bit. Obviously, uh, it was going already sixty five kilometers per hour, so there wasn't a huge amount um, I could do. But uh, you never know, and I've realised. That that's a little bit early anyway, lessons learned, but it's more about the the peloton yesterday uh, yesterday was obviously pouring of rain, and up at the top at one thousand five hundred meters, it was apparently about two degrees i think two degrees heavy rain uh, gusts up to to sixty kilometers an hour if i'm if I'm not mistaken, and half the peloton that's already pretty ill um and there was a meeting before the start, a few riders, and apparently they decided to to shorten the stage, just do the last seventy k. But there was a funny moment of the Giro organizer coming in and and scaring everyone into uh, into doing the whole thing. I guess uh, if we if we're not completely united, then uh, then yeah, there there'll always be a winner, and <laughs> that motivates everyone else to start. But the other one is. Um, with tiredness really because that clearly people weren't motivated for that but as cyclists when when we smell a certain weakness uh we decide that's the moment to capitalize on it and yesterday was definitely the Giro, the hardest stage of the Giro by far um so far anyway with uh really being very hard for the whole time I managed to get over the climb but uh, Bahrain then attacked on the descent and split the front group in half again So yeah, um, and the upsetting thing is that every time people get more tired, uh, everyone goes, ah, great, that means there's even more chance for the breakaway, so I'm going to go extra hard tomorrow. Um, Today was another long day, tomorrow has a couple of climbs in the start, and it's a good day for the break, so that's going to hurt, and I think it's just going to get progressively harder until until everyone explodes, or everyone runs away, uh, goes home with COVID. But we'll, uh, we'll see anyway. Ciao.
0: Well, welcome once again. The Giro rumbles on through Piemonte today with a testing circuit around Rivoli just to the west of Turin. Quite possibly a day for the breakaway to go all the way but it does feature a testing climb in the final 30 kilometres which might also tease out some action in the general classification. Fascinating day, nicely poised, but it was a day for the sprinters yesterday in a furiously fast finish all the way into Tortona. Shaking the head from Beric. Beric is beaten between Dents and Scrooge. Dents holding off the Latvian. Nico Dents, the big man from Germany, the powerhouse, the biggest moment of his career. Dents gets it done in style in Rivoli.
1: We are now in Switzerland, descending the Grand Le Grand Bernard climb, uh, and visibility. Well, it's not zero anymore, but just before I engaged the on button or the record button on this pottery machine visibility was pretty zero and we went past a pink gyro sign and ned it's opening out a little bit now i just stuck my hand out the window six degrees on the car wind chill of zero degrees it's chilly it's grim but weirdly beautiful um wispy crowd uh, clouds to my left and right um quite magical actually almost dreamlike Landscape, but, a, but the complete opposite for the riders. If this uh, weather doesn't change, it's been grim, isn't it?
0: I like the idea of wispy crowds. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just quite thin people yeah. uh, who are quite <laughs> quite easily blown away by a gust of wind, or just yeah, just slightly ineffectual as, as um, humans. You could almost like see through them, perhaps, and they've probably got fingers
1: like the sausages I had yesterday. Well, that's slightly haunting, isn't it? Have you
0: seen Ah? That's what it that's what they reminded me of. It just occurred to me. Have you seen Everything Everywhere All the Time? All at once. All at once, all the time. That yeah, Yes I have. Uh, the Sausage Fingers. Yeah. The Sausage Fingers. What did the, you think of that film? It was I, I liked it. I thought I was engaged by it. I didn't really understand it, but I, I did enjoy it. I mean I didn't think it was a nine out of ten, but I thought it was a strong seven point seven or something. Yeah, I liked it. I did I enjoyed it. What did you think? The same.
1: I a lot of hype going into it enjoyed it but I was a bit b- baffled by it and I do like a, a, a film that challenges me but I it I didn't quite it didn't quite live up to the hype but still a good film um, yeah. yeah I agree we've gone a bit Mark commode then haven't we but uh, we, we, <laughs> we're now um, on a are your ears popping yeah they are Pop-parama. We're descending. a popperama. Popperab. a
0: that was that, that a kids' show in the early eighties <laughs> with Keith Chegwin? Yeah, no. <laughs> definitely should have been. No, really, popping. I can. I'm yeah. shouting now. I don't know what the levels are like because I can barely hear myself because I, my ears are blocked by pre- pressure. Uh, Ned, yeah. we're, we're in Switzerland. We're about
1: about an hour from our hotel. Do you want um, to talk about the crossing the border. Yeah, I want to talk about you. the crossing, but I also want to talk about your. Uh, Idiosyncratic, rather sad
0: dinner. Oh. <laughs> well, it wasn't dinner. Really. We stopped at we. It's just it's a long drive tonight, and there's every chance we you know the Swiss. The, well, the Swiss will have got fed up with waiting for us because they're quite an impatient people, and they very strict. very strictly uh, adhere to you know their own protocols So the kitchen closes the at 30 and there's no way you know. So we gave up on the notion of having getting to Crans Montana in time for dinner. So we stopped at a petrol station, and I don't know. Italian petrol stations are a little bit uh, hit and miss anyway but the further into the mountains you go the more they just kind of give up (laughs) and we went to a a petrol station that had uh, yeah a little sort of bar cafe thing didn't it but it had a shop as well that sold uh, unnecessary amounts of sort of booze and um, cheese and ham and also local products and strange things Um, earthenware pots and a giant did you see a giant teddy bear yes and, and lots of jo- lots of um oh um toys lots of toys but it was all you couldn't really we just looked into the shop but it's cordoned off yeah. but only, they were just serving a sad selection of paninos, weren't they Paninos. they were sad the plural. so i had a i had a panino, panino uh salami dolce that wasn't good really and then a, a packet of m&ms and some fisherman's friends that are cherry cherry flavors
1: so basically yeah um you you took a risk with the fisherman's friend because you. What's the what's written on the packet? Lamponi. Lamponi. And I said, what what are these? I don't know. And that's that's Ned's tea.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I've had enormous bag of crisps, half of them tomato flavoured, and a panini that, when on, upon reflection, um, I'm not a big fan of lettuce being heated up. No. Nope, uh, and I'm so bad. he toasted my sandwich. It's got lettuce in it, so lettuce was
0: like warm and and like it's limp. That's two days in a row you've had a dinner where you've had lettuce temperature issues because yeah. yesterday with your everything wear all at once <laughs> fingers, fingers. <laughs> uh, you had hot peas and cold lettuce with yeah. the uh, with the um film fingers um and today yeah i agree with you lettuce heated up in a it was all wrong it was, dis- dis- it was disappointing and then we headed up the grand belladino didn't we the the, yeah. the grand belladino to the we didn't really know where the swiss italian border was but we found out queued to get past the italian uh, uh, customs officers and police who were just kind of keeping a little bit of an eye on everyone as they as they left it Italy. Their job, though, wasn't it? Which is fair enough. Pulled over the UCI, hadn't they? Yeah, but that was so funny. You know, bear in mind that, as many of you
1: do know, uh, the UCI based in Switzerland, <laughs> they've been pulled over by
0: the Italian police.
1: By the Italian police. Um, <laughs> and we were. Um, Look, <clears throat> it's a funny thing. It's a phenomenon. It, like, even when I'm followed by the police anywhere, or they're behind them a little bit wary. And going through any sort of customs area, I feel a bit wary. But the strange thing was, we stopped. It's a ridiculous toll that, that Ned paid thirty-one flipping euros, and the tunnel wasn't that impressive, was it? And also, the the, the first part of the tunnel was the wrong shape. That, that that I wasn't happy with that. But maybe more of that later. But thirty-one euros. But then interestingly, the lady who was speaking French, Ned was speaking French to the lady who was. Um, did,
0: Giving us the ticket, and um, she said, um, What was the word she said? Gadget. Was uh, ever Gadget? Was ever de Gadget? And I got into panic because I didn't, it's obviously an English word, isn't it? But I don't really know what it means in French. Because yeah, we thought it was it some, some sort of th- thing. We well, well, exactly. We, I, entering Switzerland, I get into a slight state of panic about bureaucracy <laughs> and whether I've got the right thing to tickle the Swiss boxes. Um, and I you know I know that when you enter Switzerland, you often have to have a carne for technical equipment. So I got into a panic about, oh, man. She means, have you got? are you travelling with any... Ga- even though she was just the person taking the money for the yeah. toll, she wasn't an officer. But I, nonetheless, you don't know in Switzerland. So um, I thought, do, do I declare, for example, this recorder, that I'm yeah, it's quite an expensive bit of kid, do I declare that? I decided to lie about about my laptop. I'm not even going to declare that. So I went straight into denial. I went, no, 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 but the got you. And we pulled away. She seemed sort of disappointed by that. Yeah. And I, no, I, I, we've got a little, like... Um, what do you call it? It's like a ticket that you have. What do you call that? A it's, big, it's a sticker that says we paid Swiss tax. Yeah,
1: you have to pay a little bit for road to, to, yeah. to drive on Swiss roads. And I offered up that, and she just smiled, yeah. um, and she said no, no. And then we just drove off. And, and you realised. Then that. I realised that gadget meant um, like souvenir. Yeah. Um, we in. French. in in french yeah it was a little gadget and it was a, she wanted to, she saw our accreditation on the stickers on the car probably realized we're the world feed commentators as well we instant recognizable to, to people who work in customs in Switzerland and um, <laughs> and she uh, and, and then we and so oh no she wanted a, a, like something from the giro from us which we probably could have given could have given, us, her. given her yeah. and um and now i feel ned i actually feel like i want to go back okay it,
0: i'll spin it round i could do a u turn I mean, yeah, would you possible. mind go all the way back She'd be quite surprised. She'd be she? quite... Uh, but no... so be, what would they say at the Swiss border again? Like if we suddenly reappear going in the opposite direction. Have a bit gadget, pull your thumb. No, that's not... not, not yeah. No, no, anyway, no. no do that. One of our favourite riders won today, didn't he? Oh. Nico
1: Dens. Dens. Flipping... Dens. Sorry. Dens. I've, I've anglicising it. as so a dense, so it's more of a... Dens. Yes. Yeah, oh, d- d- that's d- good. Z
0: is pronounced like a
1: T-S. Seriously, I need to know. Dens. Okay, so dense. So it's hard. Dens. Yeah. What a fascinating stage! Probably the, one of the biggest breakaways in a Grand Tour of recent years I can remember. 30, Thirty riders all told. Once the little Gaburo satellite move got across to the gap, and um, it made for an intriguing race. They they were just kind of mucking about and just rolling through, and and you could tell that Pucho and Swift who were riding before. Almost had to back it off, otherwise they would have caught them without even really trying. And um, and then, um. We didn't see the way the brake eventually went clear. And, and this is where I'm going to bring dents into, into the mix. We think it was Pedersen who backed off into a wet roundabout and let the wheel go of the four riders in front. And that ultimately was the breakaway. Um, save for Battistella, who got dropped. Um, and Tom Scoynes was in there. And the, our producer said, oh, we'll show you the moment when the breakaway went. And we went, oh, yes, please, let's see that. And they, they drift away. The Trek segafredo lads on the front just almost stopped riding. And then the riders in front, in the brake, are just riding normally, steady. And then there's a wonderful double take by Dents, isn't there? When he looks round, <laughs> looks round again. And then, I, I think I did say his chin's now in overdrive. He did. And they, it just absolutely riveted it from that point, because they didn't realise, did they?
0: No, it's, it, was, it was brilliant. And it, yeah, he just suddenly started writhing on the bike, yeah. didn't he, with the effort. And didn't let up, basically, until the finish line. Yeah. All yeah. the way up that long climb, he oh. was just... Yeah, I mean, you could... He's not a. He's not a. He's not got a poker face. <laughs> you can really, you really got a sense of how deep he was going there. But that was this. He was so confident. I think that if he got over the top of that climb, he had the beating of the other two, yeah. and so it proved. There was nothing they could do about it really. Um, but yeah, what a likable, what a likable young man he is. I've, I only met him once, and I was, I was telling you, he was with AG2R for so long before moving to Sunweb and DSM, and this is his first year with um, Bora. But uh, yeah, he was. He was always quite with AG2R he was always quite an anomaly wasn't he because he was that only German rider mm. and I, I would go further and say he's probably their only German speaking rider because I can't think back then that they had any Swiss or Austrian or anything like that in, uh, the, in the the
1: region. only rider that, that G- Jungles was
0: Luxembourg that's different isn't it yeah and he came a bit later didn't he yeah. so you know I think Dent's probably moved on by the time Job Bungles arrived but um yeah and I just remember just remember Years ago, meeting him at the... Uh, they're staying in the same hotel, AG 2 r before Stradivianca, I think it was, and I, he was helping himself to whatever at the breakfast buffet. And I had a bit of a, God, I like pestering German riders in German because it it's just fun. Well, you speak, you speak it, but it's quite nice, isn't it? Yeah. They don't I, I don't, don't, I don't expect think, it, do they? They don't expect it, and I don't think they're averse to it. And also, I'm, I'm quite sensitive to that. I think if it's obvious they don't want to be talking to a cycling journalist at the breakfast buffet, I'll back off. I'm not going to insist, you know. Um, but on this occasion he seemed quite yeah a nice guy and it was it was no surprise to me that he, that's exactly how he came across at the finish line and boy did they celebrate as well when he yeah it was it was great we were saying we probably should, we won't do the swear words but i was bracing myself for a when he when he Came over the line and was screaming into the arms of his swanny, I was bracing myself for a a, a string of heavily Anglo-Saxon Fs and Cs and all that sort of thing, because often, you know, French and German and Italian riders who speak very good English don't really understand that you can't use those words out loud. In in kind of to add emphasis and and quite ultimately
1: joy, isn't it, or or an expression of how difficult something (laughs) was, generally speaking. But it is funny. But no, I was struck by not just by how how deep he went. And, and this is where the whole the success in cycling is hard because of what you put yourself through. And he was pretty much torturing himself. And in, and in his very open and eloquent uh, interview, um, so that he, you know, he's on the limit and he couldn't have gone much harder. But then once he got over the top, he kind of knew he, he backed himself. But he wanted to make sure that he won, didn't attack, and that was a big attack, wasn't it? That first one got caught, but then said, I'm, I'm, "My insurance policy was the fact that I probably was going to win in the sprint." But I actually got quite emotional again. When I see somebody work so hard, and I got a bit emotional when Michael Matthews won because his team invested, and there was a moment when um, he'd won and he was screaming and shouting. I actually, you threw to me, and I had to pause just to compose myself because I was so, like, it was was quite powerful. Just that joy is the biggest win of his career, and he has been around for a long, long time. He's a liked rider, he's a respected rider, Did win last year, won a a, a stage of the Tour of Switzerland, um, I seem to remember, last year. But that was a big win, and and the joy was, to me, it it hit me bang in the feels, mate.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, no, I'd I'd agree with that. And um, as he said, you know, he kind of got in the breakaway with really um, Patrick Conrad in mind. Um, who's the, who the best-placed rider in the breakaway and very much his team leader, essentially, on that. But that's just not how it played out. And it happened in that split second when we think Mas Pedersen it was. Just finger the brakes and just let that organic gap suddenly grow. And it wasn't much at first. It was not not much at all. But the super smart thing, and you explained it brilliantly in the commentary, the super smart thing about that moment, and if that was Pedersen just being instinctively brilliant, then hats off to him. Because the quintet of riders, including Battistella at the beginning, um, all, in that 30-rider breakaway, all riders who had other teammates at the back. Um, so, Some of the multiple. And multiple teammates, yeah. in Trek Segafredo's in the, in the, in the, case. And that mattered because, as soon as they got a little bit of a gap, those four, five, that had to be shut down by someone, all that was left was all the riders and there were many of them in the breakaway who were solo riders who had no support from other t- teammates so they're instinctively in a difficult place there aren't they because they have to invest you know it's that thing that well, how hard am i going to go just for everyone else um, and not only that but every time one of them tried to get off the front there were so many riders there from teammates of riders in the breakaway in that break of break of the breakaway who were prepared to just follow the moves and shut it down and follow the moves and shut it down so you called it very early on. You said, quite rightly, said, this is t- t- 20 seconds. They, I think they might go to the line. And they were a long way out of are 70 kilometers yeah, out or something. It was
1: a long, it, it was a long way. And, really interesting. And it's that there's a the numerical superiority. And, and also, the terrain allowed them to build that lead, because chasing people on the flat is far easier than chasing people on a climb. So it's less energy expenditure. and. Um, And a bit deeper into the race, before it really did fragment on the on the opening little drags before the last the last big climb of the day, uh, where it broke up even more, was um, there's a couple of there's a few riders. Elan van Wilder was getting a little bit um, frustrated. Stefano Stefano Aldani, a rider I like, was getting a little bit irate, and they're all their ari was directed at one of our favourite yeah, uh, last year yeah, was it was Gaburo, wasn't it yeah. and, and he was and he was going oh what and, and it, was, it was so funny and we know that both of those riders Van Vilde and Aldan, they're intelligent but it was frustration and that they knew and because the move in, in inverted commas was a soft one but a smart one and they, it, and they but they had good legs um, they were just frustrated and, and they, they were venting their fury um, on Gaburo, who was just doing his job but it, it was there was so many multiple storylines it was a long it was a long stage but it didn't drag at all there was so much to talk about for us and I, I thoroughly enjoyed um how this uh, race un, un, unfolded
0: today it was it was fascinating so much so much to talk about yeah and uh, we i think we needed a story like that with mercifully few kind of well say that was quite nutritional attritional day we lost caden groves Alessandro Covey didn't start. Who else did we lose on the there road? There was another rider that quit during the day. A big, a big, uh, big, a big, uh, DSM, Han van Hooker. Yeah, Harm uh, van Hooker. He came out as well. So we did lose three, if not more, on the on the road. And then and Jack Hague uh, fell, and, but it appears to be all right. So it wasn't totally without its incident. But other than that, you know, the GC race was totally neutralised, and they all got through it okay. Um, and it was a really good scrap, a really interesting breakaway, and a really good scrap, and a worthy winner. And the Giro, and it was dry predominantly, apart from a little section in the middle of the race. And it was the Jira kinda needed that, I think, to move on from the last couple of days, which have you know, ever since Remco departed the scene been pretty horrible in some ways. Yeah. Um so it's a it was a positive outcome today, I thought. And um and what else was I gonna say? I can't remember. It's quite a lot of race analysis there, man. That
1: was quite a lot. I got a good a good
0: ten, maybe bordering on, maybe into the teens. Yeah. And just uh, you know, deep into the Italian Alps aren't we? We went up the Valle d'Aosta and um, now we are well yep we're we're in Switzerland and it's getting dark it's gloomy again the clouds are very very low now because we're at altitude either side of us are these grey rock faces um, uh, imposing kind of almost encroaching on the road nights beginning to fall and um, tomorrow puts a fear of God in me one way or another it's over 200 kilometres a stage tomorrow it's our earliest start I think commentating of possibly any stage of the Giro so even before 11 o'clock we start nattering tomorrow it's a, a long day behind the microphone and I have a fear that not much is going to happen for a long time tomorrow
1: yeah it's the sometimes I mean stages like that they can't be active all day long I, I think my prediction is for what it's worth although you'll be listening to this in the race would have already happened but for what it's worth a break will go early on
0: no that's not true they might be listening, no, no, because oh. they'll listen to Sonnen and listen to Oh, story. right, yeah. okay,
1: so, oh, all yeah, oh, right, okay. Do- oh, this goes out, so yeah, so yeah. I think, I think, um, <laughs> for what it's worth, sorry, I'm, I'm my, um, yeah, that's my confusing. it's confusing yeah. podding, and, and again, there's still that, that weird overlap. You know, we have these conversations, and I still think that we've talked about stuff that's been in the pod and it hasn't, and vice versa, but it doesn't matter. But I think a break will go, Ineos will ride, um, and but I do think. The as you pointed out um, a couple of days ago now, and who interestingly got in a move today, Sepkosz in particular. We were like, why why are they in a move? And um, it was it was actually a reasonable question at the end when um, who was the rider that was no, it was Geraint was asked why he thought Sepkosz and Hessman went in the move when they've got a big day ahead, and he and actually Geraint was like just shrugging his shoulders and obviously had to say something. He said, I don't know. (laughs) So we went a bit further and. I've thought, well, Sepkus has been wrapped in cotton wool, to use your exact words, Ned, which I think you're completely right. He's probably wanted to just open things up a little I bit ahead. I, I actually think it was quite telling. Yeah. Um, not wasting energy, just doing what he's done before, not entering into that potential detraining phase, or at least the feeling that that's happening, which happened to Simon Yates by his own admission a couple of years ago now.
0: So I, I think, you know, the Jumbo team bus this morning, they would say to Sep, if you want, it's for you and maybe the break. Today, because if the come together for the final in the GC group, if they want to write it down, you're there for Primosh in the final on the big climb. But also, if you just want to open up the taps a little bit ahead of the day in the Alps, dips. It's for you to. It's for you to decide, Shep. And then Shep would have said, uh, "Okay." <laughs> I can't do his voice. I don't know how he talks. Sorry. But he,
1: he talk. He's, he's all right. He's all right. He's set. But uh, that would have been Addie. That was, by the way, we just had a guest appearance by Addie Engels. In, uh, in in the team car there uh, in, in in the, in the Potter so thanks thanks Addy um, Addy Eddie Addy Engels Addy Addy Engels Engels oh. oh. yeah. he was in the team car chatting to uh, <laughs> he, was, he was he was the do you remember back in the day when Addy Engels Eddie Engels Addy Engels got Addy, uh, Addy um, got out got out of the car for a wee and they couldn't service think it was Rocklitch wasn't it or Moulin yeah. back in the day anyway nice bloke but yeah I th- yeah just. Yeah, it's bladder. Yeah, it was a bladder bladder failure. Well, not really a failure. <laughs> not really a failure. No, sorry, Addy, if you're listening, I know you do listen to the pod, mate. I, I wish yeah. you all the best. Um, it wasn't a failure. Uh, it wasn't a failure. Uh, what i was trying to say was is that watch. So this is, but so what? A, I've gone around round, right around the houses. Uh, added in a loop. Um, popped to the cafe and come back again. But what I meant was is that Sepcus tomorrow final climb. I don't think we'll see any GC action on the first two climbs, but on the final climb halfway up, or maybe three quarters of the way down, I think we'll see Sepkus let loose with Roglic on his wheel, and whoever, else, whoever can follow, can follow. I, I, I think that's what's gonna happen. And I think, there's, I, I can't see, with the greatest of respect to the riders that are below, even Almeida, below Geraint and, and Roglic, anybody, just, I think they'll just be bracing themselves and ready. I, I don't know who would attack on a day like this. Um, but that's what I think is going to happen. It's quite simple, but I, it's, a, it's one of those daunting days, isn't it, where riders are going to want to hold back a little bit, GC riders. But a move will go. It might just go to the line, but I doubt it.
0: Yeah, well, that's proper predictive stuff you're, you're, yeah. you, you've done there. Fair enough. Oh, I can see that. I can envisage yeah. that uh, exact scenario. So, yeah, it'll interesting to see if that plays out. A little update on our friend uh, from yesterday, Lawrence, 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 Lawrence Rex. Lawrence Rex from Antimache Circus Wanty, who's that powerful ruler. He finished ninth in Paris-Roubaix, who was uh, the last man standing from the breakaway yesterday. Or yep. well, day before yesterday, if you're listening to this tomorrow, which is the day after today. No, you don't, just yet. <laughs> 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 on stage 10, put it like that. Yep. Um, uh, he was involved today in a bit of bead on throwing that actually contravened UCI regulations, oh, yeah, yeah. didn't he? Can you yeah. talk us through that one? Yeah, I can. Um, he
1: also, I think it's worth mentioning, um, and you probably would have seen, but, um, he did get the red dosod. Thank goodness for that. No controversy there. So he's wearing the red dosod, he was sat last man in the bunch, and the Giro train um, appeared, um, not from nowhere. That would be really strange. It appeared on a train track running parallel to the race route, um, and then the, bun- the back of the bunch ended up in line. Ooh,
0: talking of which, there's, there's, a, a, train there's a train line. along the race route.
1: Uh, no. Sorry, you made me jump. You sorry. T- no. sorry, no, it's fine. You can. It just what you just did just made me
0: jump. Drunk. Drunk junk. (laughs) Drump. Oh. No, there's a, yeah, there's a train track. I wonder whether we'll see the Treno Senza Fine tomorrow as well in Switzerland. They'd have to get it across the border. That might involve a bit of delay. To their timetable schedules because they'd have to do all the paperwork
1: yeah and also the train driver would have to get all his stationery in order because of the stationary duane that they have to pass through <laughs> uh, which know it that's the thing you just uh, watch out uh, make sure your pencil cases are in order if you go through the border in switzerland yeah. um but we weren't lucky ours weren't checked but rex Larence. basically like rex um the front of the train with the the driver in um drew level with the back of the bunch and Lawrence Rex looked across to his left, where the, where the train was, and the driver was, had the window open and was, was waving, and Lawrence Rex then got his bead on, uh, which was fluorescent orange, which made it easy to pick out on, on television, and after a moments kind of gauging the, 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 ang- the arc of, the, of the, the angle and how much velocity, height, heft
0: hurled it, and it, I think the driver just, did he just kind of fumble it and it kind of fell away? Yeah, it was a poor catch by the driver, yeah. who probably isn't experienced in, you know, to be fair to him, he's probably not experienced in catching water bottles live, yeah. <laughs> flying, flying through the air towards him. So he'll learn on from the, from the, from the, from the, from the error that he made, because it was an error. Um, because, and I think this is where it's disappointing for, for Rex, it was an impeccable throw. What speed do you think both the train and the peloton were doing at that point, Matt? 45 kilometres an hour so he would have had to gauge with his left hand and we can you know statistically likely that that's his weaker hand yeah. although we don't know for sure whether Rex is left handed um, or, or, or not but he would have had to gauge it would have taken about a second to fly through the air and reach the train maybe a bit more even and he would have had to gauge how much the bottle would have decelerated Yeah. so it would have it would have been at the point he released it it would have been carrying about 45 kilometres of forward momentum Yeah. yeah but as soon as it Left his hand effectively, it's slowing down yep. uh, under the under the combined we forces of of, of air resistance, yeah. uh, so friction and um, and also gravity, which would yep. be pulling it down. So those two forces would then be acting, and only those two forces on the bottle. Which, as you say, uh, if you just threw it in a straight line, it would mean that it would miss the window. So he had to. Manually think about it, just throwing slightly ahead of the window th- to and allow the for that upward arc, so it sort of dipped into the window, which, yeah. it, which it
1: which it which it did as well. And also one thing that you didn't mention, um, quite often when you do throw a bottle, because of the water, if it's only half full, that can actually affect the spin. the bottle as well so there's lots of factors that he absolutely now. but at the end of the day the driver failed um i would say in his duty but i guess he'll have been replaced i think he probably probably would and that and that's a shame and and that's going to impact on his
0: family and it's a sad story really i mean it's it's very possible that he would have been waiting because it's a great position of honor isn't it to be the the driver of of the treno (laughs) sentafini and um people have waited upwards of 40 years for that opportunity They sign up as a young man put themselves on the waiting list and you know he was a man in his approaching retirement, and this was a big opportunity. to ten, there, and he, you know, he fluffed it, he fluffed yeah, his lines. It's
1: funny enough. Uh, when was it? Twenty twenty eighteen. I was sat in a bar uh, with Veni, having, having a having a having a cappuccino actually, and um, and he showed me the leaflet, the prototype leaflet. He said, "This is, this is the course that the drivers have to go on to drive the 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 the, the, the train of I'm like, really, Maureen? He said, "Yeah," and he showed me. It's like it's a, it's a thick a pamphlet. And then uh, he said, yeah, we're not, we're not mucking about, Matt. Um, it's serious. And uh, so and that was just a bit of an add-on, that, just to add a bit of context to what you were saying.
0: Yeah. And the other thing about long Tracks that I discovered, um, courtesy of our director, our Belgian director and friend, Gunther Gerengoed. <laughs> Gunther- you
1: like
0: saying that, like <laughs> Gunter Gunther um, Gunther told me... Uh, he said uh, he was the guy who supplied that information yesterday about Tim with the T-Rex yes. T- Tim Rex that was so bizarre <coughs> <coughs> it was stra- one of the strangest bits of commentary resulted from that seed yeah. of information as you can probably imagine <laughs> um, but yeah I, 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 I bumped into Gunter about an hour before we went on an air he said did you like the thing about Tim and I said it's fantastic so what else do you know about the Rex family because I don't know much about Lawrence Rex I'll be honest and he goes not much not much he said but I can tell you that uh, he is from he's one of the very few German speaking Belgians. I mean, what do you mean? He goes, and I think I did know this, I'd just forgotten. German is one of the three official languages of Belgium, so obviously, French for Walloon population, Dutch for the Flemish population, and German for the German speaking population. They've got their own, that's right, hard down south, the southern bit of the Ardennes, hard up against the German border there. There's pockets of German-speaking Belgians. But really, I think they're only counted in the tens of thousands. Okay. And despite that, they have their own national newspaper, their own national radio station, their national television station. Really? Yeah. But there's no collective word for them.
1: Yeah, so the it's not, is, yeah, or the Flemish. That's, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. there's
0: just the German-speaking
1: Belgians. Maybe you should actually... Maybe ask ChatGPT if there's a collective word for that and see what, see what it throws up. Maybe if you ask it, it will
0: think of something, create something, create a lie. Yeah, well, this is the problem. Chat, Chat GPT has now been known to hallucinate, hasn't yeah. it? And it may have hallucinated all the nonsense I said about the Rivoli this morning. That might have be been a ChatGPT hallucination. It was, I, I was... It, it was... It seemed... I mean, it seemed more than plausible what it came out with though about napoleon and stuff it was amazing well a bit like you and me hallucinating that stage to king's lynn that didn't exist uh,
1: great that's a great bit of it i mean we were sober as judges weren't we as well i mean, or we might have been on a second cappuccino rapid succession uh, that, 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 we that, were we yeah. were we had back-to-back chinos didn't we
0: yeah might have been a bit of that but it was so convincing, I think, that one of our followers on Twitter was saying, I live in Kings Lynn. And it had me thinking, have I, did I, miss, have I missed something? <laughs> really? <laughs> Cycling value lives in Kings Lynn. Try, scratching his head to try and remember the day that Bibby and Wilco were <laughs> off the front with young Kevin Heringhoots of... Uh, <laughs> of <laughs> oh. Who won the stage in the end? Oh, uh, that was Herringotts. Oh. Yes. Well,
1: do you remember, Bibby... So, Wilco won, right. but at... It had a bit of a spat with, with Bibby, and they ended up inadvertently coming across the line of Herringots who's coming up the inside. They had massive line deviation from from both Brits. They got disqualified, and Herringotts crossed the line third but got the win.
0: That's uh, I remember. I know no. it was a bit convoluted. Mick was that. Mick was beside himself. It took yeah. three quarters of an hour. Yeah, we didn't, for, have, to a sort out. We yeah. didn't have a podium. No, three quarters, of two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, but we stayed on air for those two and a half hours. Of course we did. Uh, just filling over a, a, a static shot of the finish line. <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean yeah, a bit flipped that. Was a t- off, yeah, it yeah. was, wasn't it, actually, thinking back. Um, and then yeah. yeah, you're right, Kevin Hadenh uh, got on the podium in Kings Lynn and well done him. He lost it. he took the jersey, didn't he, that day? Because they were way ahead. Like, the bunch had completely underestimated them and he was only he'd only started the day, I think, three minutes forty two down. Yeah. And it was a it was a I Four thirty, their winning time. So he was in the jersey, but he lost it the next day on um uh, was on the, Aberdeen. Yeah, there was a, there was a short transfer, wasn't there that night?
1: Of because uh, do you remember we got back? We got back at two, didn't we? And um, we were up at half eight <laughs> for the stage. <laughs> <laughs>